But here's what it comes to for the believer. We may not see, but we have to trust what we know and who we know. Amen. Amen. So proud, Sister Carly, tonight. So proud of all these young people for having the boldness to stand up and share what God is giving and speaking to them. How many knows that's a good sign? When God is speaking to your young people, that's a good sign. Not only on God's part, but their part, that they will take the time to hear from the Lord. Couldn't be more proud. Amen. Second Timothy chapter 1. So you may think tonight that I'm going to plagiarize pastor's message on Sunday, but I got my message first. I believe that anyway. I don't know that. <laughs> but I had my message before he preached his on Sunday. And I looked over at Sierra on Sunday. I said, he needs to stay out of my stuff. Um, but he got in it anyway. And uh, how many enjoyed the message on Sunday morning? A fearless church. We're going to talk a little bit in the same avenue tonight. Um, and I'm, I'm just going to read you some of the scriptures that he read you uh, Sunday morning. But if you will stand for the reading of God's Word tonight, I want you to know this. I want to be here. And you say, well, I hope you want to be here. No, I really want you to know I want to, I want to be here tonight. In a special way, I believe that God has a word of encouragement, but yet a challenging word for us tonight. But we're going to read in 2 Timothy chapter 1. We're going to read the first seven verses. Again, should be super familiar to you uh, because Pastor uh, wanted to read uh, them this Sunday and did. Didn't even ask me, um, but he did anyway. No, I'm just, just giving him a hard time. But Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus to Timothy, my dearly beloved son. Turn to your neighbor and say, son. Now turn to your other neighbor and say, son. Alright. My beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I've served from my forefathers with pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the unframed or the sincere, the sincere faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, I am persuaded that in thee also. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of mine hands. And God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Let us pray tonight. God, we come before you. We thank you for your word and its anointing. And God, I ask that you anoint every ear to hear, every heart to receive what you have to say to us tonight. And I, Lord, I ask that I may decrease so that you may increase. 
And Lord, your Holy Spirit is a better preacher than I am. And I ask that he would show up and speak to this congregation tonight. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' mighty name. And the church says, Amen. You may be seated in the house in the presence of the Lord. So we see here that little history of this text. Paul is writing to a young man that he refers to and and we reference it. I even stopped in verse 2 that he, re- re- he references as his dearly beloved son. His son in the Lord. And this is Paul's last written epistle. This is the last letter that Paul would ever write in his lifetime. Paul, as when he was writing many of his epistles, is in jail. But he's in jail in Rome and many scholars, biblical scholars, would decree Second Timothy as almost Paul's last will and testament. His last hurrah, if you will. His, his, his wishes, his well wishes for Timothy, this young man, to, to journey on with the gospel, to journey on with the mission. And Paul is not only sitting in a Roman jail, Paul knows that Nero most likely is going to take his life. And we know through history and church history that he does. He beheads him. This is Paul's last last testament. And he takes the time. The last letter, I, letter I, I, I don't know if he knew exactly that this would be the last letter that he would write. He may have, but if he did, it, his last letter was to the next generation to ensure that the Great Commission would be filled for generations to come and that people would step up to the plate and be who God had called them to be. He's exhorting Timothy in this passage of Scripture. But I want to focus in on one verse tonight. Verse 5. When I call to remembrance the unframed faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and in thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Or in other words, I am persuaded that it is in you also. A a great synonym to the word persuaded is convinced. What Paul is saying here, and that it can literally mean uh, convinced in the Greek language, and if you translate it, is saying, I am convinced that there is a sincere faith in your life. And again, as we referenced earlier, it was it, to have faith means you have trust, as Sister Carly was telling us about. He's saying, I am persuaded that that there is faith in you to do what God is calling you to do. I want to preach to you tonight on a, per, on a persuaded people. I've referenced being persuaded in messages past, and some of this may sound familiar, but in, in my time alone with the Lord weeks ago, I was prepared to preach this last week, but, but pastor felt that we needed to go into a time of prayer, and I felt that that was necessary. And I believe that we should still be in a time of prayer uh, in, in our own lives for what's going on in the nations of this world and in this nation as well. But I, the Lord spoke to me and He said, I am looking in this time, in this season that we find ourselves in, I'm looking for a persuaded people. 
a persuaded church. So I, I, I want to lay out to you something. I, I, a quick thought. Paul is telling Timothy, I am persuaded about the faith in your life. I'm persuaded, more or less. I'm convinced of the relationship that you have with Christ. And I, I want you to know this tonight, that you, you must first know, as Paul is relaying to Timothy, you must know that Christ has relayed to us through His Word that He is persuaded about us. Okay, it's going to be a quiet crowd tonight. He is persuaded about us. You say, what, what do you mean? This is, this is how persuaded He is about us. The Bible tells us in Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 5, He tells Jeremiah, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. He would go on later and tell uh, Jeremiah in, 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 later in his life in Jeremiah 29 and 11, For I know the thoughts uh, that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace uh, and not of evil, and I, I, I to give you an expected end. He's saying, uh, I know, I'm thinking about you. The psalmist says in Psalms 8, Who am I, Lord, that you are mindful of? Of me, we find uh, in Romans chapter five and verse eight uh, that God commended His love toward us in that uh, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Uh, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world uh, that He gave uh, His only begotten Son, uh, that whosoever believeth in Him uh, should not perish uh, but have everlasting life. Uh, God was so persuaded uh, about mankind that He sent His Son to die so He could come back into fellowship with mankind. The Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 1 that man was made in His image. He was persuaded about us. The Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 2 that God is the only, that man is the only thing that God touched during creation. He formed us out of the dirt of the earth and He breathed life into us. He was mindful of us. He was persuaded of it. He was convinced that we had something to offer Him. Listen, I'm not saying by any means that God needs us to exist, but I'm telling you tonight that God desires desires to be in relationship and fellowship with Him. Thus the reason in Genesis chapter 3 when we fall, when Adam and Eve partake of that forbidden fruit and disobey God. He pursues us throughout the Scriptures, seeking for us to come back into relationship with Him, thus sending Jesus to, to die for us, to bring us back into relationship with us. He is persuaded about us. The Bible tells us that Jesus, He chose 11 men, He chose 12 men, but He, he chose these men because He was persuaded about them. The Bible tells tells us in Luke chapter 22 that Jesus knew that Peter would deny him. He knew that Peter would turn his back on him. And this is what he said. He said, Peter, I want you to know that the Satan, that Satan desires to have you and he wants to sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith would not fail. And Peter says, Jesus, I'll go to the end for you. And he says, Jesus turns to him and he says, you will deny me 
me three times before the rooster crows, even knowing that Peter would deny him, even knowing that Jade Abrams would deny God with his sin and run from him, run from the call of God on my life, even in that, Jesus was still persuaded enough about me to go to a cross and die for me. That's the gospel 101, is that God sent his son to die so that we may have life and have it more abundantly. So here, here's what I want to get to you tonight. You need to be convinced that God is persuaded and convinced about you. That's number one. The Bible tells us that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. As he told Jeremiah that, that he knew us before we were informed in, in the womb. That he had a plan and a purpose for our life. But here's the problem in the church today. Is we know that God is persuaded about us. But we are not persuaded about God. Let me say that again. God is persuaded about us. But we are not persuaded about God. You say, what, what do you mean? What, 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 are, you, what are you talking about? Uh, uh, Jade, I, I know what the scriptures say. Uh, I know that, 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 that God can heal. I, I, I'm convinced that God can do miracles. And, and I'm convinced that He can do this. And, and I, I can, I'm convinced uh, and that, that he, 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 He's able to do uh, what, what He said He would do. And, and I know the scriptures. Uh, and this is what I want to get to you tonight. This is what Lord, uh, the Lord deposited in my life. Uh, as he said, uh, my people, uh, they know my word, uh, but they refuse to live and operate in my word. Uh, there are many people that will say, uh, Lord, uh, we've cast devils out in your name. Uh, we've done all these things for you. Uh, and he will turn to them uh, and say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. Uh, I never knew you. Uh, the Bible tells us, uh, the Bible tells us uh, that, that, that they're, 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 Jesus gives us these parables uh, in Matthew chapter chapter 25 uh, and he's talking about the, these talents uh, and he says this master uh, gave uh, so many talents he gave five talents to one servant uh, he gave two talents to another servant uh, and he gave one talent to another servant uh, and the Bible says that the one that got five uh, doubled his money uh, the one that got two doubled his money uh, but the one that had one uh, buried it and he tells the master uh, in Matthew chapter 25 uh, when the master confronts him uh, why did you bury it? Why, why, why did you hide this talent? Why did you not walk with, with the money I gave you and try to increase it and, and try to grow and try to mature? Why, why didn't you try to do anything? He says, I was afraid. Why was he afraid? Because he was afraid not only to take risk, but he even tells the master, uh, you, 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 I'm not sure that, that you, you understand what kind of man you are. And he said, I'm not sure. If, I, I know what kind of man you are, and, and you might do it, and you might do this, and you might not do that. And what I want you to know is that, that this man that had the one talent was afraid to do anything with it, was not persuaded about his master. 
Therefore, he took no risk. He stayed comfortable. He said, I'm just going to bury myself in a pew. And I'm just going to live here. And when my master comes back, I hope he tells me I did a good job. No, no. There were two servants that were persuaded that their master was going to bless them. That he was going to be good to them. So they got out of their comfort zone. They went and they bought and they traded and they sold until they made profit of it. Until they had something to show the master. I want you to know that Jesus is coming back for a glorified church. And a glorified church is a persuaded church. A persuaded church is a church that not only says, I believe we can cast out devils, but a church that actually cast out devils. Not only a church that says, I believe God can heal the sick, but a church that sees the sick healed. I'm looking for a persuaded church in Connersville, Indiana. I'm looking for a persuaded people that will say, God, I know you're persuaded about me. I know that you love me. I know that you died for me. So I'm going to be persuaded about your power, about your grace, about your love, about your mercy. God, I'm going to be persuaded about your word, about your character. God is looking for persuaded people. Paul The same writer of 2 Timothy says this in Romans chapter 8. For I am persuaded. See, Paul's persuaded about Timothy. But here in Romans, he's telling us that he's persuaded about God. This is what he says. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, uh, nor nor, uh, things present, uh, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, uh, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us uh, from the love of God uh, which is in Christ Jesus uh, our Lord. He said, I am convinced uh, that God loves me. I am convinced uh, that nothing can keep me from Him. I am convinced uh, that that God uh, is my mindful of me. I'm convinced uh, that he is persuaded about me. Uh, But he goes on. uh, Actually in the verses previous he says this uh, when he says who can separate us from the love of Christ shall tribulation uh, or distress uh, or persecution uh, or famine or nakedness or peril or sword. Uh, As it is written for thy sake we are killed all the day long. Uh, We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Uh, But catch this in verse 37 uh, nay in all things we are more than conquerors uh, through him that loved us. We always quote that. We are more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors. But that's not the end of the verse. He said we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. I want you to know this tonight. To be persuaded about God is to realize that you are nothing without him. The Bible says oh the people quote it all the time. Through Christ I can do all things. Through Christ I can do all things. It strengthens me. But don't you forget the through Christ. We are not able to do anything in ourselves. We are not able to be qualified or worthy enough for God to use in ourselves. That's why God is persuaded about us. But we need to be persuaded that His grace is sufficient for thee. That His strength is made perfect in our weakness. We need to be persuaded that nothing can 
separate us from the love of God. We need to be persuaded that, that, that no matter what comes with God, that nothing is impossible. We need to be persuaded that, that God is who He says He is and can do what He said He can do. The Bible tells us, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly. Now unto him. Paul again writing over and over. When he writes these things. Now unto him that is able. He's able. Paul would say throughout the New Testament. I don't brag on anything but Christ Jesus. He even tells, uh, he even tells us uh, that, that I've accomplished all these things. That I'm blameless under the law. I live perfect under the law. Uh, no one could touch me. I, I was smarter than everybody else. Uh, I, I did it, everything right when nobody else did. Uh, I was perfect under the law. He said, but that is done to me uh, because I have Christ. Church, Sister Carly said we need to trust in God. To trust in God is to be persuaded that He is who He says He is. So when I ask you tonight, Are we persuaded enough about God to take risk? You say, what, what do you mean? Are you persuaded that what God says, you can lay hands on the sick in His Word and they shall recover, that you'll do it? Even if it's in Walmart, Michael. I, I'm, I'm just telling you, uh, you've heard it a hundred times. A hundred times from this platform. You've heard it a hundred times from preachers. Uh, but I, I'm going to tell it to you 101 times tonight. What we're doing will not cut it. I'm just... Mundane Christianity has got us this far. Ruined. Our community's falling apart. Our nation's falling apart. And we come in and, and it's oh, it's, it's Wednesday night. You know, it's just Wednesday night. Oh, it's just another prayer meeting. It's just another special service that pastor's putting on. Oh, it's just another Sunday morning. Listen, to be a persuaded church is to be a fearless church. It's where you say, I don't care what people think about me. I don't care if people think I've lost my mind. Because I have. Because my mind's been transformed. It's been renewed. It's been transformed into what God is placing in my life. And I'm going to do what He's called me to do regardless of what this world thinks about me. Listen, they'll come to the music tonight.
the Lord showed me something else in studying pastor and he, he said there there are Christians they're persuaded about the promise they know what the promise is heaven maybe God's promised you something years ago your children lost loved ones Here's where the trust comes in. Here's where the fearlessness has got to come in. The children of Israel, when they left Egypt, Brother Ken, he told them, Moses told them, we're going to a land flowing with milk and honey. The promise. It's a promise. Forty years in a circle. Why? Because they were convinced of the promise, but they were not persuaded about the plan. What's the plan? Trust God. Obedience. How many? He said, the Lord spoke to me specifically. He said, there are Christians that know that I've promised them things, that know the end goal, the end game. He said, but they don't, they're not persuaded and they're not willing to give me the journey. If you don't trust God's plan, and you may say, I don't know what God's plan is tonight. No, here's His plan. Trust Him. Let Him lead and guide your life. Don't just be persuaded about the promise. Be persuaded about the plan. Wherever God has for you, wherever He wants to take you, go. Sister Carly brought up David going before Goliath. How he must have trusted. It's true. But Brother Chris, you want to know why he faced Goliath? And it goes right with that trust. Because he was persuaded. He didn't go out there, Sister Terry. He, he was anointed in 1 Samuel chapter 16. He, he had the, the horn of oil put, put all over him and poured out on him right in front of his brothers. And, and he had every right, Sister Crystal, to be like, you know, hey man, the man of God has come up and he put an anointing on my life. He prophesied over me. He said I was going to be something. I was going to be successful. Listen, he never brought up one of those things to anyone in 1 Samuel 17. He never went, he never, he, he never went to King Saul and he said, listen, I'm anointed. He didn't look at the giant and say, hey, 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 Goliath, you, you don't understand who I am. No, this is what he told Goliath. Uh, the Lord's going to deliver you into my hand this day. Not in his own power, not in his own might. Uh, he was persuaded about the God he served. you to realize this tonight God was persuaded about Moses but Moses was not persuaded about God until he had an encounter at the burning bush Gideon 
God was persuaded about Gideon so much that in Judges chapter 6, an angel of the Lord came down and Gideon's hiding and he's fearful. Hiding from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord looks at him and says, you're a mighty man of valor. God was persuaded about him. But Gideon, he, he gets up and he says, show me a sign. The angel of the Lord performs the sign for him in that moment. It goes from not only God being persuaded about Gideon, but Gideon became persuaded about God. Even when he needed extra assurance. Uh, the Bible says in Judges chapter 7 that God sent him down to the camp of the adversary. And he says, listen, their own testimony will let you know that I've given you the victory. God had to show him again and again. You can be persuaded about me. You can trust me. Church, you can be persuaded about God. The Bible tells us 2 Samuel chapter 5, you'll stand with me tonight. The Philistines, David has just been anointed king and they want to retaliate. They can't stand David. And they come in the valley of Rephraim. They spread themselves out. David prays. He goes out and says, Lord, will you deliver them in my hand? And he says, yes. He goes out and he, 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 Brother Jason, he just beats them. See, this is where it gets interesting because many of you have felt victory in your life at times. But then what happened is the Philistines re reassembled and spread themselves back out in that same valley. They just got whooped in. I said, we're coming after you again. How many has ever had that? Thought you over something. And behold, you look out and there it is again. David goes to the Lord. And he says, God, I need to know that you're going to fight with me. I need you to persuade me that you're still with me. Tells him, he said, go and, and put yourself behind the enemy and, and, and put yourself underneath the mulberry tree. And he said, you'll hear a sound in the top of that tree. And when you hear that sound, you'll know I'm with you. Church, I want to ask you tonight. How many more signs do you need? God again and again throughout the Scriptures had to show man that He was persuaded about them and that they could be persuaded about Him. How much more persuasion do you need to be convinced that God is who He says He is? Has He saved your soul? You should be persuaded. Has He ever healed your body? You should be persuaded. Has He ever comforted you when you've lost someone you loved? You should be persuaded. I should be persuaded tonight. Why? Why? Because I saw a horrific accident happen on a ball field and they thought that this young man over there was going to be paralyzed and he's walking around. I should be persuaded about the goodness of God. 
I shouldn't be apprehensive or afraid. And that's what, in our text tonight, that's what Paul tells Timothy. He tells him in verse 5, he says, Listen, I'm persuaded that you have a sincere faith. I'm persuaded that you love God. And he goes on and he tells him, Stir up the gift in verse 6. And then in verse 7, he says, Because God has not given you a spirit of fear, of anxiety, of hesitation, of timidness. He said, But he's given you power. He's given you love. And he's given in your sound mind. So why here's what I want you to know tonight. Why is our per, why why is our worship not persuasive? Why why do we not show that we're persuaded about God? Why are our lives not show that we're persuaded about God? Why? He's persuaded so much about us. He died for us. How much closer to home does it have to get? He died for us. All He's ever asked is for us to be persuaded about Him as much as we are, as much as He is persuaded about us. Do we show that we are persuaded people, a fearless church, a trusting people? end with this don't have to don't have to like me but you gotta love me but I'm gonna testify reason I preach Brother Ken is because I'm persuaded it's not because Jade can do this it's because I'm persuaded that he loves me Brother Chris said he forgave me all the wrongs I ever did. And I know what the promise is. But Brother Ken, I I had a hard time with the journey. I was persuaded that God wanted to do something in my life even even though as a teenager and a young adult... I ran from the call. I knew that God had called me, but I just, I just wanted to speak every now and again. I didn't want, I didn't want to be a preacher. I didn't, I just wanted to help every now and again and be somewhat involved. But I pretty much wanted to be a pew sitter. Just be honest with you. I wanted to be in the church, but not in the church. And I know I've had you standing for a long time. Now I'm going to try to hurry up. But 
eight years ago today, I, I stood over my dad's shoulder. One hand on his shoulder, another hand on my mother's leg as she breathed her last breath eight years ago today. Brother Ken, I'm here today because I had a mother that was persuaded about me. And why was she persuaded about me? Because she was persuaded about the God she served. And she knew that God was persuaded about me. And I could remember, Brother Dan, I could remember even when I would make mistakes. I know it's hard to believe, but I would back talk. I would disobey. Brother Dan, she would, she would still say, you're still my preacher. You're still my preacher. Every Saturday morning when our family did devotions, she would, she would declare the Word of God over my life because she was never supposed to have children. It was physically impossible. The doctors told her, you cannot have children. The, the chemotherapy, the radiation, the surgeries we've done, you are gutted. Anything that we could take out of you, we've taken out of you. There's no way. But she prayed this prayer. God, if you give me children, just like Hannah, they're going to minister. I'm here today because someone was persuaded about me. God's persuaded about me. Paul was persuaded about Timothy. Young people know that Pastor and I were, were persuaded about you. And if God and your parents... And this, this, this ministerial staff is persuaded about you. Be persuaded about the God we serve. That He is able to do exceedingly abundantly. Above all. And the, that, that scripture says, according to the power that worketh in us. He still desires to use us. But it's like He told Zerubbabel, it's not by your mind and it's not by your power, but it's by my Spirit. So I'm going to ask you to come to a place of prayer tonight. I've had you standing way too long. I apologize. But know this, that God is persuaded about His people. But it's time that we as His people become persuaded about who He really is. Not who we think He should be, but who He is.